You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Well, hello. Hi. Glad to be back and glad everyone's back with us. I course have to bring up what happened last week in light of mental health and that was the elmo incident major debacle (laughs) i don't think anybody was quite expecting the response that came out of it (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it, it just it really did catch my attention that there are that many people that spoke up about how unhappy they are or basically you know he for anyone who doesn't know uh he posted on he, you know what I mean? His, character, yeah. his character posted uh, on X saying, Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? And boom, not that well, evidently. I, I saw, I looked it up this morning and his, that post got 209 million views. Wow. That's a lot. And over 20,000 comments on it. And the comments ranged anywhere from politics you know people getting political about the the question to people just really in a dire state to the point where even like the national suicide hotline chimed in like if you need us we're here it's it was pretty um bleak wow yeah eye-opening um it's so funny because i've had this conversation we touched on it a little bit even uh, last time when we were talking about the scare with ai but and I think I use the word polycrisis, where um, I think it helps if we understand. And I, now, let me start with, I know there are people suffering. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying this general swath of dread and overwhelm and anxiety um, does come, and it's, it's happened in the past, from this uh, polycrisis, where there's too many things happening that seem like the end, like where we're, humanity is has gone too far, right? And, and this is the end. And so um, because it has happened so many times in the past, they, there are a couple of phrases for it. One is um, extinction panic, mm. one is apocalyptic crisis. And so I don't think anyone's cognitively thinking that. I think they are thinking, what's the world come to? Everything's terrible. It's going down the tube. You know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. general, which really is part of that extinction uh panic because deep down we're afraid this is it that we've humanity has just gone too far or is just 
hopeless or, you know, all of those things. And that sets this blanket of the potential for depression or doom and gloom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also winter, which is the worst time for most humans. There's, I think it is up to 20% of the population doesn't seem to mind the dark skies and the awful weather, but uh, you know, most of us don't like it. (laughs) As you just mentioned, after like five straight days of rain and we're in Southern California, we're all getting gloomy. (laughs) And so you can imagine in the Northeast or the Midwest, you know, where it's severe. So when you combine all of that, of course, you have to work a little harder not to get down. I mean, it takes a conscious effort. But I did read something interesting because my first thought with the Elmo, I mean, besides the shock of all the people that responded about how bad they felt. Well, frankly, I was shocked that Elmo has so many followers. I was just like, funny you say that. I'm like, when I was looking at the comments, I'm like, wow, he's, I didn't realize he was such a hot commodity. I know for that many people to follow him. It's a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it turns out I, I did read about this because I'm like, what the heck? I mean, obviously it's adults. It's not kids following. So I, um, I did check and it, several psychologists said that part of it is um, when we're in periods, especially periods of time like this, where there's kind of a, well, you know, we're in the middle of a mental health crisis too, but um, we find comfort in children's programming. Like things are very clear cut. It's very simple to follow. And so when Elmo posted that, how are you doing? It really uh, allowed people to feel like it was a safe space mm. to feel how they were feeling, where maybe they haven't been sharing it with anybody else. But now you're talking about, you know, a children's character. And if you're in that mode, and I have to say, I do that. I mean, I watch a lot, not maybe not children's, but I certainly do watch young adult programs, right? Because they're magical or, you know, they've, they've always just kind of got these very clear, reality yeah. lessons in them. So, I mean, I think that that could be part of it, but I think the bigger challenge here for all of us is that we, there are certain things that we can do. Mindfulness is not going to solve the mental health crisis on its own. I mean, that's not what mindfulness is for, but what mindfulness can do is help us try to stay more in the present because a lot of this anxiety, if we're, whether it's, you're worried about the climate or the wars or the politics or nuclear weapons or like there's such a long laundry list right now but all of those worries are about the future yeah extinction is the future it's not today well I, i do have i have some theories and i agree with that but i also think that and i and i'm i hate to make it about money but i think that people are struggling i mean struggling financially and then to see all these stats come out, like I just saw one, I have it here, um, that big pharma profits in 2022, Johnson and Johnson made $17.9 billion. Merck made 14.5, Bristol Myers, 6.3. And then you've got like the executive's compensation. It's in the, you know, double digit millions. And then it says, meanwhile, one in four Americans cannot afford their prescription drugs. And I think that is part of it. I think part of it is the financial part. I think part of it is the media. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. I I pulled up some other numbers just for us to kind of like get an idea. I know a lot of people are kind of feeling like doom and gloom. There's so much crime, um, you know, just such bad negative things going on. But in fact, this is what's crazy. Okay. So the Public Policy Institute of California 
did a survey last fall where two thirds of Americans, or I'm sorry, two thirds of Californians viewed crime as a serious problem. However, homicides last year decreased by 24%. Yeah. Robbery was down 16%. Hate crimes, rape, assault, all of them were down by double digits. So why do you think that everybody still is feeling like everything's going to, you know, hell in a handbasket? Why do you think that is? Why do you think even with those stats, people are still feeling like, no, it's, it's still terrible? Yeah, well, I think, I think part of it is because I believe, and I haven't looked recently, but I believe there was an increase in the minor crimes and yes, those ones we see. Okay. So the graffiti, the increase in graffiti, the bad driving. I, I read an article, something like just today on my way home. Like, oh my goodness. The, it was something like bad driving. I forgot, I forgot how they measure it. Um, but it was up like 40%. There was a 40% increase in bad driving, meaning not again, not fatal accidents, but Fender benders, you know, uh, hitting the wall, like all the different things that can happen in the car. And so I, so I think it's kind of like, in a weird way, it kind of correlates with the economy. So the economy is actually booming. I mean, I, hold on, because I know individuals are not feeling it, but we're the, we're the strongest economy in the world right now. And every indicator is saying, we're not going to have a recession. We're not going to have this meltdown that everybody was predicting. However, people when they go to the grocery store, I, I am shocked at how much groceries are. So people go to the grocery store and it's, you know, $7 for still for a dozen eggs or bread. I'm making my own now, but over $5 for a loaf of bread. Like it's outrageously high for basic staples that we all need. So I, and I, I thought this at first too, it's the economy, it's the economy. And, and then of course, now I've heard because things are coming out that it's possibly just stores gouging us because they think they can kind of hide it under the quote bad economy. And it's not bad. But the point is, what do you see? What do you personally feel or experience? And that's what colors our perception. It's alarming. And I think that's. Yeah. And then you turn on the news and yeah. every, the, the top five stories of the night are about, you know, violent crimes. So it's like, even though it's down, they're cherry picking yeah. those stories because there's really not a lot of other news to talk about unless it's, you know, catastrophic flooding in Los Angeles, which never happens. Um, so yeah, when you're constantly confronted with like, you go to the grocery store, the prices are high, you're confronted with the local petty crime, then you turn on the news. It's like this nonstop barrage of negativity and it's yeah. hard to see that light. And I think too, the comment you made about the weather, um, I think the entire country is kind of cloaked in not great weather right now. And so I think sentiments are not high. Yeah, <laughs> you know, People are kind of in a low spot right now. And I think collectively, if we can try to, lift that energy up a little bit, that would be very yeah. helpful. No, I agree. And again, you know, mindfulness isn't the, you know, save all be all um, by any means, but we're conditioned with a negative bias mm -hmm. right? because it, that used to keep us safe to always look for danger, always look for what's wrong. It's habitual. I mean, we're not paying attention to it. We just seem to notice everything negative, which also adds to all of this. But I think that's one area where mindfulness can help mindfulness practices, you're basically training your brain to think differently. Number one, uh, meditation, if you do it consistently over time, actually starts to change the physical neural connections that right now are, are trained to go right to the negative. And so you can slowly improve your mental health 
just with those two things. So one is cognitive, one is physiological, um, but that helps a lot just to start noticing. Then I think it also helps in that the, these bigger issues we're talking about, people's fears about the future, um, if you think about it right now, instead of saying, oh, like what's gonna happen this November with the, the presidential race here, or what's gonna happen in Gaza, or what's gonna happen like in Israel, or what's gonna happen in the Ukraine? We don't know what's gonna happen. So again, and you, you're always really good at pointing out that we make up these stories, but it's like, that's what's causing the bulk of the stress, which creates that overwhelming feeling. So mindfulness simply is the practice of being present. And if you just catch yourself like, oh, I'm making up stories, right? And bring yourself back to the present and just ask the question, what's wrong right now? Like in my life, what's wrong? Yeah. There is something wrong with some people, right? I'm not saying that, again, there are certainly people suffering, but for a, a, a very large portion, nothing's wrong right now. And for the people that there is something wrong, again, the stress part, the mental health part is projecting out. So like if you are unwell, you don't know what the outcome's gonna be maybe, right? But it's worrying about the outcome that's causing the bulk of the stress, not worrying about right now. You know, So right. if you're in pain, for example, right, and that's miserable, if you're in pain, instead of worrying about what the pain means down the road or, you know what I mean? If you just focus on now, then you can just also focus on solutions. What can you do? You could do a, a mindfulness practice that helps reduce pain. You could take an over-the-counter medicine. You can call the doctor. Like you've got options. When you go, oh, I wonder if I have a brain tumor, you know, because we make up terrible stories, right? So if you project out, then it's, oh, there's nothing that can be done and you don't take action. Yeah. I think also the fact that our brains, they want to, to confirm our thoughts, right? So if we're thinking something, then the brain's going to go, oh, I need to look for that. Yeah. So if, if, if all we're thinking is how terrible things are or how, oh my gosh, you know, politics, this and war, this and the economy, this, then our brain is constantly searching for those signals to confirm what we're thinking. Yeah. So we really need to try to change our mindset, even though it could be super difficult right now. It's hard to pull yourself out of that little pit. Like I hate to say pit, but you kind of get into this little pit. And to climb out of it, it can be difficult, but understanding that my brain is constantly trying to find ways to confirm what I'm thinking. So if I start thinking a little more positive and I don't want to be Pollyanna-ish, like you say, I don't want to be, you know, this false positive, but we need to try something. Yeah. There's got to be something we can try to lift our spirits a little bit and maybe look for, you know, those nicer things. You know, if you do use social media, and all you see is politics or all you see is war. And then all of a sudden, everything else is confirming those thoughts again right. and again. Maybe don't follow those things for a while. Maybe switch to videos of babies, videos of puppies. <laughs> switch to something that's going to shift your mind, shift your mood. And it should help hopefully get you out of that little dip that we're all seeming to be in. Yeah. And I so agree with you. It's, and it's a vicious loop. Because I can tell you when I was trying to understand what does extinction panic mean, you know, I was just looking it up. Like, that sounds scary. Um, I came across a, a laundry list of all the problems like that we're facing. And most of them I'm pretty aware. I mean, I'm not diving deep into most of them because I can't do anything about them, you know, right now. But, um, but I came across a couple and I can't remember everything I came across, but 
One of them said, we're facing a population collapse. And I was like, a population collapse? Now I had not heard it. <laughs> That's <anything>. terrifying. <laughs> so then I was like, stop reading, like stop researching. Because again, now that's in my head. So I'm going to be looking for any, any evidence. Is that true? Right. Mm -hmm. Whether it's true or not, doesn't matter, whatever it is. And again, I didn't, I didn't do any further research because, because of exactly what you just said. So you can, you can already have the thought and then get confirmation, or you can find something. And then your brain goes down that your rabbit hole. What is this true? What's happening? Well, you know, what do we need to do? Ah, it's the end of the world. So you either way you're in that spiral if you're really suffering right now well first and i i absolutely want to say if you're really suffering right now please reach out to a professional because it's it's such a dichotomy to me because you know uh, let's say you know during the depression or during the pandemic it was a bad time for really everybody now it's great for some people it's terrible for like we're all over the board again and so if it's you know if you're feeling uh hopeless or in despair, or uh, so overwhelmed, you really can't figure out how to get out of the spot you're in, then by all means, call a professional. But if you're me, you know what I mean? Like, there's just nothing to look forward to, or but it's not as serious. You can definitely improve your state of being, your mood, your outlook by really practicing things like, there's so many mindfulness practices for this, but whether it's a gratitude practice, whether it's a meditation practice, a moving like yoga or you know, something where you're connecting mind and body. And I, I don't think that it's hard to do. I think it's hard to believe for people. It's hard for them to believe that doing that would make them feel better. Yeah, no, I agree. And yeah. uh, I really struggle a lot with um, the weather. Like I, I don't know what it is. I know there is a disorder about seasonal, seasonal affective disorder, but um, I can't handle it. I cannot handle not having sun. I don't know why it just brings me joy to see the sun and to see blue sky. And if I don't see it, I am miserable. Like it's been, today was the first day I saw sun in the last five to six days. Yeah. And by day before yesterday, I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to mm -hmm. do nothing. Yeah. And all it takes was that little bit of sun. And honestly, laughing with my kids or petting my dog or something like that really does lift my mood a little bit. So just trying to surround yourself with that kind of stuff and stop for the love of all that is good in the world. Stop watching the news. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I, I truly think I must have seasonal affective disorder. So I was raised in Dallas, which, I mean, they have, they had winters back then. I think now it's much worse, but pretty much it was sunny a lot. You know what I mean? We might've had, we had thunderstorms and things, but it wasn't like weeks of gloom. And then I lived in New Mexico, which is where I was born. And it's sunny there, like most of the time. And then we moved to Rochester, New York. And that's when I realized I have a problem because it stayed gray for six months. And I was so depressed. I could feel it. And it was like, we have to move. We moved. I mean, I, I was just so I do think I, I must have it. I don't know. I don't know how you get it, but I think I must have it. And to this day, I have, I'm, I'm very aware of it. So this is, this again is like uh, staying in the present. I know, and I have to remind myself, and this is true for anything that you're suffering with right now, including things that are a lot more serious than feeling gloomy about the weather, but it's that it will pass, mm -hmm. right? So it's a matter of what can you do to feel better until it passes. Yeah. And so in my case, 
my electric bill shows it, but when it's like it, it was dark for days and days up here too, then there are lights on where they do not need to be on in my house. It's like, I want to make it as bright as possible so that I can stay productive because otherwise I'll do the same thing. I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> it's, just, it's just too depressing. Um, so I, I, I mean, I think it's, and I think there's probably, you know, uh, there's probably a range of severity of it. I mean, I can get, get up and go to work and do what I have to do, but I don't feel good about it. So that's why I counteract it with lights, candles. I, I lit candles to have dinner the other night. <laughs> and, and Michael said, why are you lighting candles? Are you having a romantic dinner? I'm like, nope, it's, it's more like myself. <laughs> for me, it's my light. I don't care because then it makes me feel better. So again, sometimes it's simple solutions, but you have to be mindful about it. You have to be aware. Oh, I am starting to slide. Mm -hmm. and I, probably the weather. And what can I do? Like, what can I do to counteract it? Yeah. And I, I don't think that it's the most positive aspect of it, but trying to find the little things that are positive in whatever the situation is. So for example, the whole Elmo check-in, okay. <laughs> While it doesn't make it easier for anybody by any means, just the fact that collectively so many people are going through it should help. Well, I don't want to say should could help people feel a little bit better that I'm not alone in this. And I know that doesn't exactly make it better, but at least you don't feel, you know, trapped in this little bubble of it's just me. You know, I think everybody is kind of going through stuff right now. And there's some people that are not, and you know, kudos to them. Most of us are, and most of us are, you know, struggling a little bit financially. Most of us are struggling with weather. Most of us are struggling when it comes to healthcare and things like that. So we're not alone. Right. For me, unfortunately, I, um, my bigger frustration is not necessarily that I could be struggling financially. It's more that, and this is probably because of what we do for a living, <laughs> but I'm so frustrated with the haves and the have nots. Mm -hmm. I'm so frustrated with how politics and corporations and all of these are just forgetting about the rest of us. And I've, I've recently really started to feel like all of us are making the country run <laughs> for this small group of people. And all of us are the ones that suffering and the small group of people is not. And I think I have to kind of take a step back and go, okay, I need to reframe it because that's not going to change. I can't change anything about that right. wonderful person. So if it's nothing that I can directly have an effect on, I need to let it go. I can't let it control my thoughts and control my mood and how irritated I am. And so that's when I have to turn the news off, put the phone away for the news and just focus on something different because otherwise I get down into that spiral of just complete, almost rage at, you know, what's going on in the country. So it's, it's difficult. It's always been unjust, mm -hmm. whether it's the justice system, whether it's, um, the, anything to do with the economy we, it's always been the haves and have nots right it's just that now it's more extreme number one and number two now you see it all the time because of social media and streaming like so it used to be you didn't hear that much about it in a 30-minute national newscast right and that's all there was for news and then there was one at 10 and everybody was already in bed or whatever. so <laughs> you just didn't hear it and now you, you, you're pummeled with it all day, right? So you, there's so many examples. Now we experience it and we know what it's called. You know, it, so it's like, oh, this is capitalism or, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it, you become cynical. But 
to your point that there's nothing you can do, I think there's little things that we can do. Um, I, I know that money, money is what matters to the, those in power. So I do, like, I won't shop at certain places if I know something that I think they're doing that's unjust or unfair or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. I try to be very conscious of uh, when I'm buying things or when I'm using something or when I buy something and I don't want it anymore. Like, I try to think in terms of do my little part. Don't, you know, yeah. don't end up in a, you know, a garbage dump. Don't do something that's going to cause people in a third world to suffer. But that's when I know. And a lot of times we don't even know. We don't know where our stuff comes from. We don't know what's in it. We don't know who suffered for it. So that's when I go, okay, all I can do is my little part of what I'm aware of. You know what I mean? So it's little things. Is it going to change the world? No. But, you know, if someday my hope is as humans, we figure out that there are lots more of us <laughs> than there are of them. And if we would just stop buying their stuff, mm -hmm. it would stop. Yeah, I got news for you guys. If, if we stopped paying a fortune for all of the stuff that we're paying for, they're going to have to lower the price. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what happens with gas when it goes too high here, then people really stop driving. I mean, some people can't help it, of course, but a lot of people cut way back and all of a sudden their profits aren't as good, even though they're gouging us with the price. And all of a sudden they never say that's why, but it's always after people start saying, stop driving your car, stop buying gas. It's two days later. It's like, they've come up with a new blend and now they're going to lower the price. <laughs> I think it's, but we don't realize our power, you know, yeah. because we get beat down. And so, well, uh, and we get lazy. I mean, to be honest, we get lazy. Things come easy, like not for everybody, but I'm talking about like Amazon, for example, you know, yeah. we get so used to it where we're like at the snap of a finger, we can have whatever we want. Yeah. And we forget that we, we don't really need that, that yeah. fast, you know, same thing. Well, and I, I would bet that there's an increase in that again, because there's so many people that are depressed, right? That is an easy, quick fix is, oh, I'll just go online and buy myself something, even something small. Uh, and of course, it doesn't matter what the thing is. You're, you're seeking the dopamine. When you buy yourself something, it feels really good, at least till you get it and look at it and go, why did I buy this? But you know what I mean? It's you're, you're looking for mental health relief or mental uh, crisis relief. So mindfulness is free. <laughs> meditation is free. Maybe try that first and see if you can curb the urge to, uh, you know, try to fix it through that. And then you're helping the climate, you're helping yourself. You know, th there's a, there's multiple benefits to it. I, I think what I would say though, back to the issue, the Elmo issue, I can't believe that Elmo is going to probably be in the history books for this, but um, is we can use mindfulness. If we're feeling dread or uh, sadness or misery, or again, um, I think there's there's different levels of hopelessness. Like I've never had extinction panic, but I have certainly had, and I've shared it with you where I'm like, I'm concerned about humanity. Like, what are we doing? That's right on the edge of exactly what's happening with a lot of people. So we want to bring ourselves back to the present so that we're not just spinning out of control into the, the extinction of humanity. <laughs> we want to stay focused on today and what we're doing and who we're, who, you know, how many people we touch a day. Are we, contributing, you know, to our community or our home or, you know, whatever it is in your life, but bring it back to the present. If you are suffering. Okay. So if I say, is there anything wrong with you right in this moment? And your answer is yes, in this moment, then again, the breathing, the calming down, all of that helps you think more clearly. It'll help you make better decisions. Stay in this present moment, figure out, is there anything that you can do? If not, 
then maybe that's a time to reach out to a friend or a loved one or, you know, someone you trust. And if it's really severe, then, you know, call a professional therapist or a counselor just to help you get re-regulated so that you can take the best care of you possible. I mean, I think that's what's really important. Yeah, I'll put some links in the uh, comment section for some phone numbers and some websites for you if you don't really know where to turn. And there's a lot of free resources for you. So don't feel like um, you can't do it because you can't afford it. There's a lot of free help out there. Absolutely. You know, another aspect of mindfulness is acceptance. And so when I say acceptance, I don't mean accept that you feel miserable, right? Because usually we can do something and like, even like you just said a little while ago, even if it's a little thing to start kind of inching out of that, we can accept that everything passes. If you're going through a divorce, as bad as you feel, it will pass. If it's, you know, uh, politics, whatever's going to happen will happen and it will pass. And so it's really a matter of accepting that life is just, this is life. This is what happens. We go through really hard periods individually or as a group and the same thing on the end, right? We all, it all passes, whatever it is, that's the nature of life. So if you think in terms more of just broadening your perspective, okay, 10 years from now, am I going to look back and say, oh, that's what ruined my life? Probably not. Believe it or not, even after an illness or a divorce, you can actually find that you're happier, you, but not now, <laughs> not while you're going through it. Um, so get that broader perspective of, okay, it's going to pass. Will I care about this, you know, a year from now or 10 years from now? And I think the other thing is because this is not the first time um, that we've gone through very similar circumstances, which doesn't seem possible because, you know, we think, oh, back in the old days, they didn't have these kind of problems, but they did. Um, the last time a big, big event like this, where lots of people felt like this is it, humanity's gone too far, was just in the 1920s. So it's only been 100 years. And you think of humanity, that's not that long ago. And they got through it. And so that's really the other piece is we're resilient. It's built into us. That's how we've survived as a species. So mindfulness helps you build those resiliency skills too. So, it, and it's not that hard. It's just remembering to practice, to stay present, to notice your breath, to pay attention to how you're feeling and to take action if there's something you can do that would make you feel better. Yeah. Mindfulness also helps you notice your thoughts in the moment. Yeah, that's when you can control them from going to a dark place or to a lighter place. So when you are mindful and you have that awareness, then you can stop it before it gets out of control. Yeah. Or if you can't, then that's your signal that you need to call. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Because that's really one of the, the sort of the demarcation. If you are truly depressed, you may not be able to stop those thoughts. That's the whole point. And that is when, or, you know, if you feel suicidal, that's, you know, the whole point of calling the hotline. But get the help. Like Melissa said, there are free resources. Um, there's lots of uh, online stuff that you can access if you need help in the meantime. There's online therapy, so you don't have to go anywhere. You know, if you have insurance, call your general practitioner, you know, and tell them and they will get you in to see somebody because there are waiting lists at different places around the country right now. There are so many people seeking support, but there is support out there. You may just have to hunt a little bit to get immediate access to it. The important part is whatever it is on any given day, it does not stay that way forever. And so we just have to find better coping mechanisms to get us through and to just be mindful about what state we're really in so that we know if and when we should reach out for uh, something more than just talking to a friend or a family member or Elmo. Or Elmo. 
Hey, if you want to talk to Elmo, if it makes you feel better, talk to Elmo. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I do hope that you all have a wonderful week and keep your head up and we will see you next week. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and let us know, drop us a, a response or a question, um, social media and on the YouTube channel. And we appreciate the time you spend with us and we'll all get through these crazy times. See you later. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access podcasts, scripts, and reading recommendations. A Mindful Moment is hosted by Teresa McKee and Melissa Sims. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.